Hello. Today's episode is a conversation with Phoenix Knight and James Nanez of the band Audio Sex Drive. They are an Austin-based band with roots based in math rock, prog, shoegaze, noise punk, and thrash even. And we get into a really cool conversation about their process of writing music, how they learned music, their relationship between production, electronics, pedals, and also how they relate to the world as artists with respect to politics and religion. Also, they will be playing a show on September 28th at Spider House in Austin. So if you are in the Austin area on that day, it's a Tuesday, go check them out because they are awesome. And before we get to our conversation, please remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channel. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please visit my Patreon page. And remember, for patrons of $1 a month only, you can submit special questions or topic requests for me to cover on the Music in Mind podcast to ask to guests or to address myself. Welcome to Music in Mind. Music in Mind. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Music in Mind. I am here with Phoenix Knight and James Nanez, and uh, they are part of the Austin band Audio Sex Drive. Um, Phoenix is a killer guitar player. I've been checking out his videos and music, and James Nanez is a producer for the band and beat maker and musician himself. So welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. So, how's how, how's it going? How's it going this morning? Uh, well, me and James were uh, we were doing music all night last night. You know, cool. <laughs> two, two nights in a row. You didn't know. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it was fucking awesome, man. Uh, that's what's really cool is that uh, just seeing the two worlds. But we just been chilling. I'll let James talk about the rest on his side. <laughs> Uh, right now, like we've been, we got some songs that we've been working on, and you know we're trying to get the uh, those songs drawn out and completed. And right now, we're like kind of working on the sound design for songs. Okay. And uh, I feel like once you get into sound design, that's like that takes a minute. Oh yeah. You know, sound choice is very important, especially mm -hmm. like fully recorded tracks. Uh, so that's kind of what we've been doing. I've been like working on like synth patches for. For songs and Phoenix has been, you know, helping me like learn the songs on the piano a bit. You know, we're just uh -huh. coming up, so we're just getting ready for like a full takeover, basically. You know, we're getting ready. <laughs> is it? Are you doing a full album? Because it looks like on Spotify, you just you have the single, you have "I Try," right? So <clears throat> there's a. We've been doing a lot of thinking about it. So a lot of people tend to see things and only see the negatives and try to change that. And that's a lot. And I'm not saying that that's wrong of them. You know, sometimes change is needed. <laughs> right. But there's also an easier way of just possibly accepting that as an outcome and changing other things around it. So we're like trying to figure out new ways of marketing because right now the industry is in a state of questioning yep. and, and uh, needing to change for either for COVID's sake or even for music's sake. So it's a really good time to really figure out, all right, this is the shit that's happening. Mm -hmm. How can we make it benefit us, even though right now it's totally ass. So <laughs> can, uh, you, are, can you expand on what you're saying? It, it sounds like you're pointing at something yeah, somewhat specific. 
yeah so like for example we're not per se going to do an album but we're going to do a lot of other stuff okay uh because you know people expect you know when a band comes out they're going to have this you know x y and z now is the time that you can actually create your own x y and z and possibly switch it and make it more beneficial for you than the old system and so i think that people are so lost in covid right now they're trying so hard to get back to that system that worked really well for in the 80s you know (laughs) and so uh uh, so we're trying to figure that out right now. And that's, what's really awesome. And, you know, what I told the boys before is that, you know, I love business and I mm. love music. So it's not like, uh, we're selling out to do that. It's just that we have an X product instead of selling out to be Y we're trying to figure out how to attract Y to X, uh-huh. you know? And so that the album will encompass it and we're not going to talk too, too much of it, sadly, but just, that's kind of like the main idea the genesis of how we're going to probably go about the next few eps albums in the next six months to a year that's kind of that idea that really brought up that new uh mainframe that we've created with the help of james and everyone in audio sex drive which i'm really grateful for oh wow okay cool yeah Yeah. (laughs) appreciate it (laughs) are you uh are you involved in in the crypto world like nft space or anything like that um Um let you go, James. <laughs> uh, I'm not, uh, I'm interested in it, but, okay. you know, yeah, I haven't really dumped into that yet. <laughs> uh, that looks, that looks like a different world. I know what oh, yeah. James are talking about. We're like, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> we might, you know, but honestly, I feel like crypto mm-hmm. uh, is like legal gambling and that's nothing uh-huh. wrong. I just... I, I feel like that's a bad place for me mentally. Interesting. So, I see. Yeah, I, see. I respect okay. what, th- what it's there for. Uh, and we might dive into it. And J- James has really helped a lot because he's really into that type, like at least understanding that type of stuff. Um, but we'll see how that goes. We'll take it back <laughs> we'll <see>. right here. <laughs> it's, it's true. Nobody really knows how it's going to go. I, I think what's what's interesting about it, what's, what's important is kind of like what you were saying about um, needing to find new paths for success. Um, it, it seems like there's a lot of interest just with all of the, all of the systems of crypto that can be used for artistic production and things yeah. like smart contracts like Ethereum yeah. is, is built so that you can have the metadata of the file itself traced back to you. And yeah. so I think it's, a, it's an exciting space. <laughs> it's like wiring a pedal board. They're not really seeing that part of NFTs. There's like this whole focus on other. NFTs are great for art. Like, right. there's a lot about that. But I know that there's some worries about like climate. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say give it a couple more years. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. So, uh, so James, I, I'm interested in the the production role with with Audio Sex Drive. Um, it seems like the two of you collaborate. Uh, pretty intimately a lot. Um, I kind of have an, I, I have a question that I'm always trying to figure out is what, what is a producer? A producer? I mean, like here, I'll, I'll, I'll be real. Like I've been producing since middle school. I've been making beats since middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like to, today, like if you want to make it as a producer, you have to reduce, you have to mix, you have to be like an audio engineer, you know, right. you have to, 
probably do like vocal mixing. You know, there's there's a lot more to it. A producer's everything, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I've kind of I've kind of got to that place. I sort of think of it if I liken it to classical music that a producer is related to an orchestrator. Uh, figuring out how to make music come alive with an ensemble or figuring out what the ensemble you need is and and how to create how to create the harp part from the original piano score or something like that. Yeah, if I could add on something on that. Yeah, I do see James as an incredible composer. So that's one thing I like no matter what happens it is undoubtable and it's going to be really cool to have that more prominent in the next few uh eps and stuff um it's really interesting because at least my philosophy when i started this and when james came on to it is that you know the foundation of the song is way more important you know i i agreed with tim hansen on that he's kind of tired of all the guitar bs like too much like guitar showing off Mm -hmm. you know in the sense um i mean i'm subject to doing that and it is really fun sometimes but i i do it with the i try to have a rhythmic mm -hmm. thing with it so someone can attach on to it i feel like playing rhythm is way harder yeah than lead uh than most people think and so that really ties into the foundation really showing like i love a prominent drum and bass mm -hmm. so james being instead of like how bass and drums and even the guitar is just one fraction of the song that James could be the whole fraction and that just be just a bigger piece that we build on too. Uh -huh. So it's really interesting to manipulate with the roles of musician and producer and then intertwine them and make something different. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like I like what you're saying there a lot about the the playing rhythm with the guitar. It kind of reminded me of two things. It reminded me of Victor Wooten talking about when you're doing a bass solo. Yeah. <laughs> if you lose the groove, you've lost everything. Yep. So the groove, the groove is paramount. That has to be there all the time. And it also makes me think of what, what a guitar is. And I, f I think a guitar is actually at its core, the heart of the guitar is accompaniment. Yeah. Guitar is a rhythm instrument mm -hmm. that gets too big for its britches sometimes and tries to be, tries <laughs> to be the leader. <laughs> yeah, that, that is very true. And, you know, I think that's what plagued the Austin scene of blues. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I am very tired of really good blues guitars and really shitty ones but uh <laughs> utilizing the bass and drummer as a loop machine you know yes. i would never do that to james or anyone i don't want james to hey just play this key for like five songs just one key <laughs> you know <laughs> and you know james is gonna be up there having a miserable time you know i would too um but to that point i do agree that guitar was made for company uh but what's that's what's cool about music like it's wrong to play bass with that with a pick but people still do it yeah like i, I approach guitar like yeah like ableton actually this is my mm -hmm. ableton and this is what i'm very comfortable with and right. uh it helped me understand b production and what james does and really admire it too yeah. and what i used to tell my students is that because uh i wanted to be a drummer first mm -hmm. and you can hear that uh yep is that if you try to emulate a different instrument on your instrument, you can never do it, but you're going to find this really cool common ground, you know? So I sound like a rhythmic uh, and melodic drum fills. And that's was because I tried to breach into the drum world. And the next thing you know, I came out, well, I can't do, hit a snare on the G string. I can just hit, you know, an E and then mm -hmm. there you go. It sounds like a tuned snare or something. So. <laughs> yeah. 
So. Yeah, I'm interested in your guys' relationship to to beat production, actually, because some of, some of your videos have really really cool beats, but then the I try on Spotify that has a live drummer on it, right? But is it synth yeah. bass on the the Spotify? <clears throat> so uh, that song I wrote. I have this thing of writing songs on GarageBand with my AirPods. Nice. Uh, so that guitar tone was, I borrowed a guitar, uh, SG from Gibson and I recorded it with my AirPods. And the idea was to emulate uh, Keith Richards, uh, make it more modern, the idea of playing with a cassette and then recording that cassette for that natural distortion that it does. And that's, that's the how, guitar sound. That's his guitar sound in some songs. I like, can't get no satisfaction. That's why oh, I sound wow. it's really like borderline fuzz, but not. And I was like, man, fuck it. <laughs> so I went to do it and it had this high overtone where it sounds like a cymbal and it sounded fucking awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, I like the simplicity of GarageBand, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just like being limited yep. and just not having too much things to focus on except okay just how to do this so i try was all made on uh even the vocals were recorded with airpods it was all made on uh was it garage band airpods and the sounds Mm -hmm. on it except the bass the bass and the guitar were you know through the airpods or di i see cool yeah and that was uh that one is uh 808 synth bass heavy on that one. yeah very based on the gorillas and doing a lot like like British punk stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really got that that really saturated groove. It's sweet. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then uh, James Hill, like, makes it uh, and get all that stuff down. And shout out to Look, Look, North, Look North Recording uh, for mastering it. He did a great job helping us out with that, too. Sweet. Cool. So, actually, I'm, I'm interested in, in your relationship to, to noise and distortion generally. It's uh, it, it's something that that with with rock and roll and guitar and and then metal and all this stuff, it's it's weird because um, I come out of metal and then I went into classical music and then did a lot of like free jazz and crazy stuff, which has all this noise and distortion, but it's coming from a very different place than I think the rock world. But I think recently they've kind of started meeting in this this interesting way where noise and distortion can in and of itself be the source of so much energy oh yeah very much so um i'm gonna say this quick comment let james go on it but um i realized that i have like the transmitter pedal and some people complain that like they can't hear what i'm doing and so i just answer back that's maybe what i'm trying to do you know uh in tune chaos that's why i love volume swells and shoegaze but uh-huh. mixing that with noise punk is making that chaos match the song and the feeling mm-hmm. and that in itself i think requires more restraint than just doing absolute chaos right and so that's what i've been trying to do distortion is my favorite thing too like especially on synths mm-hmm. you like if you get like a synthesizer and put you know tons of effects on it it's gonna you know it's gonna change the whole sound of it and uh i know that with phoenix like Usually, you know, he'll bring his color board and he has, you know, he has crazy stuff on it. <laughs> crazy. Now come from that board and, you know, it's recording that. It's, it kind of opens up like a new, like, okay, you know, we can we can take these sounds like really far mm-hmm. in terms of that stuff. Def, definitely the shoegaze influence too. Like, yeah, 
Phoenix put me on the shoegaze because I was never really <laughs> into shoegaze, but you show me shoegaze, I, I I love it. So and you show me like the the trap version of shoegaze, which is awesome. You know, it like they all have their own little worlds and respect them. Like that's why I started saying I don't hate musicians. Well, I hate like just a few. But like, if I don't like their music, it's just not for me. And right. so why does my opinion matter if I hate them? You know, mm-hmm. it's just, I respect that they're out there because like there's the good and evil and yin and yang. You need the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, and sadly, sometimes you need the opposite extreme and you're just glad it's there. You know, you don't have to take part in it. Just let people do them and uh-huh. uh, enjoy it. So, um, but yeah, we, we plugged in the data corruptor and to do some stuff I've, tamed it and it's going to be a new cool addition to the board cool Uh, i love pedals (laughs) yeah would would you call yourself a gearhead yeah very much (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting with with guitar players there's kind of the i I resisted the gear thing for a long time Mm -hmm. and then i kind of had to get into it through gigging yeah for like pit orchestras and musical theater and stuff because you just you have to have everything potentially (laughs) Yeah, it has to sound really good. But well, come by South Austin Music, man. That's where I work, and I hope like help people uh, like put, to put together pedal boards and stuff. Sweet. It's really fun to help like preview someone's sound and also be a main part of creating it. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like for example, like I said, I don't you know like some genres, but doesn't mean I hate them. Like if some guy says I want to sound like John Mayer, you know, like uh, not my thing but i know how to sound like him and we yeah. get like a really cool tone yeah it's like wow that's awesome i was a part of it now i can just step out and just have it like a little nugget in my head later on it's like oh mm-hmm. those two combinations that sound great um and you know i can talk about gear with anyone and really help them out it, that job is really influential on audio sex drive too actually your job and, at south austin music oh yeah very much it, it is you know i love everything that they've done for me uh, it is like a family over there hmm. and he's helped out with my music career. And, uh, since we're not commissioned to there, like when I hang out with people, I have a different idea on gear and I really ah. can tell someone, Hey, this thing is $60 and you can say about 300, just get this instead. And you develop like relationships and, uh, actually know your gear instead of like what gear is the most expensive that you can sell easily you know there is a little bit of that sometimes but that, that's not like very prominent in my head and mm-hmm. you know the idea of like sharing and creating a space like that uh, from for audio sex drive was really based and had influence on you know uh me and james's relationship before this and how uh thank god billy runs the shop so well you know focusing on people's strengths not preying on his weaknesses um and you know that shop is just really special to me and like home and old austin so it's awesome cool <clears throat> so how how did audio sex drive get started and uh, it, is there a way you describe the the project the band what what it is or where it's going or anything like that uh yeah um audio sex drive came from uh like playing guitar like six months in i started my first band uh mm-hmm. i've never I tried joining bands and never worked. I've always actually just been the leading the band, the main writer on it. And there's times where, you know, musicians just grow up, especially at that age. You know, I was playing at 13. So like some kids wanted to be a lawyer 
or they were had, <laughs> yeah like i mean that's they wanted things but i knew yeah. since then i wanted to be a you know guitarist and right right all, all those people who were lying to me not on purpose you know or probably didn't know themselves they mm -hmm. really drew me back um right and so that's why after a couple like like bands with band drama that was outside of my realm and that really affected me personally and i was like yeah. i don't deserve this not like they're bad or anything um it's just you know guys and drama i realized i wanted to have a band that uh i can pull from anyone that i like uh mm -hmm. granted james is actually going to be you know someone i would love to have like his stamp on audio sex drive as long as you know he wants uh for the other members i'm really happy for jack nelson and uh finn on drums mm -hmm. uh doing a lot of cool stuff but we actually already talked it's like <clears throat> If I wanted to do a more EDM based album and Finn is like, Hey, that's not my domain. It's all good. Uh, he leaves, but he's going to start his own project and we're going to mm. play on bills together. And so instead cool. of like, fuck you, man, get out of here. You're not open-minded at all. It's like, no, let's get a drummer that loves EDM. Then if for that album, right. focus that on their sense. strength and then maybe come back later. And so establishing that kind of culture. Mm -hmm. So audio sex drive came from, um, all the flaws that I found in bands uh, and a lot of bands in Austin, you know, they're really good at one genre. Right. And it's really hard to find people like James mm -hmm. that can do anything or try to at least try it to yes. find something. And so uh, that's why this, this new system is accounting for that, that failure in Austin um, and accounting for all the troubles. So if it does arise, it's, just part of the system and just uh -huh. relax and let it go instead of like, you know, stressing out or like, you know, some of the, that drama did take a huge mental toll on me because mm -hmm. it did attack my character and I was just chilling. Right. You know? So I don't want to do that. I just want to be around a group of friends mm -hmm. that no matter what happens, if we don't agree on the music, we're going to be there like a brotherhood. Mm -hmm. The, it brings up a lot of issues about, about collaboration and, what what the purpose of a band is and what the purpose of making music uh, mm -hmm. in groups of people is because one thing i found because i was in la before i i just recently came to austin oh shit! hold up oh. my headphones <laughs> there you go i can hear you sorry you're cool. in la yeah yeah I, I was in la um before i just recently moved to austin and um welcome to austin by the way <laughs> hope it's treating you nice thanks yeah it's great i love it it's beautiful honestly it's like the prettiest city i've ever been in in my life I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, and it's closer to that than LA. Like oh, the dear. the wooded neighborhoods. It's so pretty, man. The houses here are so nice. But uh <laughs> Yeah, they're they're also like millions of dollars. But <laughs> uh, if only I had millions of dollars. But um uh, <laughs> uh anyway, uh what I've noticed is I feel like the key time to start a band or to start getting into bands is when you're learning in middle school and in high school. And I, what I did, I, I kind of like fucked myself over by going to music school for classical music. Cause all this time that I should have been out playing bands, making connections, I was like practicing classical guitar and doing uh, those kinds of concerts. And so mm -hmm. when I was gigging professionally in LA, I was trying to start a band, but the problem is when you're 30 and all the musicians around you are really good, they need to get paid. Yeah. So it's very hard to start a collaborative relationship 
because they have bills too. And it makes sense that they need to get paid. Like I want to pay them if I can. But also mm -hmm. if you're hiring people in as hired guns, they also don't have the buy-in to the project. Yeah. Like that, they'll that do a good true. job, but they don't, they don't have the, the creative um, emotional attachment to it. Yeah. And you know, that's definitely uh, an issue going on. And what that's what's cool is that this is, Honestly, Audio Sex Drive came from the philosophy that I started blending life and music together. Mm -hmm. And Audio Sex Drive, the name, uh, which will tie into what you're talking about, the difference between hired gun and, and, and these fine gentlemen I have playing with me, um, is that basically Audio Sex Drive, the idea is I have a high sex drive for audio, as in that you know I want to basically, quote unquote, get close with all aspects of the genre because the second closest uh way i can get close to someone's music the first mm -hmm. is honestly sex and uh -huh. i'm not like trying to go around and like let's do it let's do it no it's just like <laughs> musically i can do that with people and it's right. people are I'm not threatened by it and they can take time to understand you or what you understand what you're trying to say and that's what's really awesome about music in this time of really fast times it can help mm -hmm. you slow down um so yeah, like I see, uh, like we and James are already close. He's a great person, uh, and musically, it's awesome to get close to that. And so, um, in this day and age of like, what is toxic masculinity? What is not? It's really cool to have that aspect of music of getting close. That is kind of adjacent to sex, but not sexual at all. Hmm. It kind of gets the feeling of it, so I can get close to him and not like. You know, it's like, what's going on, man? It's just all it's just all good vibes. And uh, we learn from ourselves. Like I tell people when I try them out, you know, it's like right on the fly. It's just like, just let me know uh, what you're feeling on. If I can feel it, then that's that's uh -huh. all I need. Um, so kind of tapping into that side, per se, the the benefits of uh, sexual intercourse, but mm -hmm. uh, without all the hardships and that weirdness that surrounds it. And that's why right. music in my opinion is more appealing to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so the higher gun aspect, it's like uh, higher guns are like prostitutes as in they're getting paid to do a job and that's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> but these are like fuck buddies, you know, like that yeah. we're really close that after we do it, like we just smoke a little bit. It's like, so how's your day? You know, <laughs> like, and it's just really chill. And we go home after that and we just do it again. Nice. Uh, and uh, we can still tap in uh, to that closeness and this band and this lineup is probably one of the best I ever witnessed and uh, played with in, in my world. Not saying that like it beats like Van Halen or anything, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, this, this, this is my introduction to live music. I was not doing live music. I've just been making beats in my bedroom. Oh, wow. You know, so meeting Phoenix and him, you know, bring, bringing him with me, um, bringing bringing me with him you know it, it helped me uh it helped me grow a lot like definitely i've i've seen I, my production has increased tenfold in just a year honestly. Mm -hmm. wow and being in a live setting you know and him teaching me stuff you know mm -hmm. it's 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 good to be a student sometimes you know like you have to be especially in music you know you can't always yeah. be teaching you yep. gotta learn you gotta yep. learn stuff mm -hmm. Yeah, and likewise for you, James. So I love learning from you and what you can do. Help my production a shit ton. So. 
James, I'm interested in your 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 relationship because, uh, like, what, what Phoenix was just saying about the the connection between uh, sexual connection and musical connection. I think uh, with sex and music, they're both very sensual, like of the senses, right? And it's like mm. exciting the senses in different ways, with touch or with sound or with your imagination, and it's this kind of weird connection i i have a, a phrase that i always think uh, music is magic and musicians are sorcerers <laughs> i love that i kind of <laughs> it, it's like i'm i'm not a religious person at all but it's the only sort of like mystical thing i get into and when i'm on stage i think like i have to cast a spell right now on these people <laughs> if i but, could uh, interject real quick with one thing I, I don't think it has to be magic because mm -hmm. i mean rock and roll it was slang for sex you right. know and so they did a lot of uh, it, it, the initial genesis of it was from sex and it was not like this random theory i pulled out you know and so like if you actually were aware of it and you listen to back on there you see like kind of that 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 swing that da, 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 yeah. da, da. and i just took that i was like all right now um, let's do it crazy <laughs> so <laughs> uh add that little magic right there too yeah so. <laughs> But um, with with the with the electronic side, with the production side of it, how do you get into that the the sensual space? How do you find a way of tapping into that? Because it feels like it's easy for it to be really removed working on a computer, like almost data entry. You have a good point. I mean, like you know, I, I try to incorporate a lot of uh, like like right now, like synths, synths are my mm -hmm. main thing. You know, so like pad nice sounding keys. I mean, I definitely feel like with sound design, you can get intimate with it. Oh yeah. You know, especially with like, when you're like working on the synth patches and all that stuff too, you know, you can, to me that as a producer, like that's what I enjoy doing because that's like physical, you know, like yeah. pushing knobs and stuff and, you know, getting like that sound that you, you have in your head, but like getting it out, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's important. And then, I mean, like I'm trying to learn piano, like I am, I don't play, I don't really play an instrument. Like I, right. I, I was my instrument, you know, like I'm just right. saying. Well, that's an instrument. I, that's, that's I mean, legit, yeah, man. It's like what I've been using forever. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting having Phoenix come in, us making tracks, him laying down guitar, me throwing a synth on it, you know, and then I might do like percussion, like mm -hmm. I might have drums on it, but we do have a drummer, but I do like program my own drums too. Nice. You know? so, yeah, I mean, like making electronic music. You know, it's. I feel like that's a whole other world that you know it's still yet to be opened up. There's all these like VSTs coming out and all these like plugins that can do amazing stuff. Yeah. Sad. You know, we people don't even like haven't even like touched the surface with most of them. You know? mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I love electronic production. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mainly grew up producing hip-hop and sampling a lot of stuff and like sampling like old soul songs like Jay cool. Mad Lib. Uh Flying Lotus is one of my biggest. Uh-huh. Cool. That's so, great. So a lot of, you know, and like Fly Lo Flying Lotus has like the wacky kind of production, the out there production. And then, you know, that's that's the stuff I like. I like mm -hmm. the crazy stuff. You know, I like the crazy sounds and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a way. I think the, those crazy sounds, the distortion, um, yeah. glit, glitch sounds, things like that, they bring that visceral element um, that, that allow you to feel the music very intensely. And so it, it, it's, it brings that tactile, the sensual 
nature into it, I think. I think also for production and beat making, it's interesting because for guitar, there's a history of hundreds of years now of um, technique and pedagogy and teaching and things like that. And it, the, the tracks for how to learn how to be a producer, I think, are not set very well. And there's books and there's YouTube videos and stuff, but it's kind of mishmash, like hodgepodge. Yeah, I mean, like, I learned almost everything from YouTube. Uh -huh. I was always on YouTube growing up and looking at tutorials and how, and like, if I didn't know how to do something, I just look it up. Yeah. Know? And I mean, if anyone wants to get in producing, like, if, if someone were to be like, hey, James, I want to start producing today, how, what should I do? I would tell them, you know, just don't even do tutorials, just mess around. Yeah. You know, mess your dog and just see what you can come up with mm -hmm. if there's something that you want to achieve look it up but mm -hmm. like just have fun you know don't like stress yourself out yeah yeah that i mean i think i think that 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 play the improvisation figuring out how to improvise improvise electronically is super important phoenix how do you how do you feel about improvisation in in terms of guitar, since you know, guitar is, is such a has such a history of improv. I, I fucking love it. It's um when you're on the spot, there's only the option of being genuine. You know? Uh -huh. Um, I mean there's still like a chance, but that's for the most part. Like I am a big fan of math rock and Jason mm -hmm. Richardson and all those really prog players, but I saw them do a jam and I was like, Man, I can outplay you. This is weird, you know. Uh, I mean, of course, when you sit down, he's just shredding like crazy. But he had a hard time like getting on the spot, and I don't like that too extreme. Like for mm -hmm. me, uh, I don't like being so mathematical and relying on that sitting down aspect. I kind of want it just be flowing, you know. Right. I, I think he was learning to play, and he even says his songs are hard to play, and I I don't like that in a way for me. I, I want to make it easier. So my whole kind of thing lately when I got into math rock and was before into jamming was trying to make math rock stuff on the fly um, mm -hmm. and do all that stuff. And so uh, um, setting up the fretboard, like a roadmap cheats. So I don't have to think I already practiced the theory so I can zone out, but not. And then when I need right. to, I come back. Uh, I love that very much. Jamming is great. It's just stress free and you really try things outside your domain especially when you add other other elements because you're like oh, okay i can't do this because i gotta take count of that so let's try something like i started playing a left-handed bass uh upside down as a right hand, oh cool. and you play different things like being out of my element is mm -hmm. kind of where my element is now great i love <laughs> so, i love that so much there, <laughs> there's a story it. i don't i don't remember what <sighs> i can't remember the the jazz pianist he did a whole concert on saxophone. He doesn't play saxophone at all. What? Damn. Okay, he has balls. You know, I'll be like, <laughs> no, this is a free concert. I'm probably going to be shit. <laughs> no, his, his whole point was if, if, if you've practiced music enough, you should be able to make music with your body. So if you're a pianist, there's things you can do if you know how to do piano. But even if it's an instrument you don't know how to do, you should be able to connect musically through it. Yeah, very much so. Like, uh, it's definitely with guitar helped me learn piano and other things, right. uh, like really easily. You know, I'm, I'm a very lazy prod player, I'll admit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I it's just like 
if, uh, can you play major major seventh? I'm like, uh, just give me a minute. I'll figure it out. You know, like that's <laughs> that's, that's very I, guitar I, player my, of you. Yeah, I, I tried <laughs> not to, and I've been getting better at it. But my ear is my main thing. And mm -hmm. like I did jazz stuff because Randy Rose. I love how Randy Rose was very disciplined. Uh -huh. and anti the rock stereotype of he's not a partier but right. very disciplined and love the craft and you can't take that away from it on top of it he's not someone that you make fun of to for it as a nerd you know right and that's why i thought it was cool he was punk but disciplined a uh, rebel with the cause and that's kind of what i wanted to do so it's i did try to get into music theory like music theory wise i can't like i can tell you the scales and all that there's things i'm lacking on but mm -hmm. i'm not trying to be like regular guitarists or like yeah fuck it i'm just like no i want to do it over time where it's easy and not where i hate the guitar slowly uh -huh. you know so <laughs> i'm going yeah. at a slower rate but i really want to get over that okay mm -hmm. well it, th this is an interesting question and it's something i struggle with with my students uh, specifically guitar students where they say, why do I need to know this? Why do I need to know how to read music? Why do I need to know what rhythms are or how to name them or chords or scales or anything? And uh, I don't know, I, I go back and forth with the question because obviously there's amazing guitar players out there who didn't really know much of that stuff mm -hmm. or sort of knew it uh, instinctively but didn't have names for it. Yeah, and then there, I mean, that's how there's the also were Right, very much and then there's also guitar players that know just know it really, really well. And there's really good players on both. So it, I guess the answer is like, if, if you are not being limited and your ear is carrying you where you want to go, then I guess that's all you need. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess I, I started saying, what's the fun of conquering one world where you can con conquer multiple, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so why do I have to stay in this state? Maybe I, in a couple of years, I just like, fuck it. Let me be a classical guitarist. I don't want to try it. And that's what's really cool about music, too. It's just like it's never really too late. And I can also like fraction out things I want to try to another time. It's not like, ooh, classical guitar is my main thing because I did yeah. try to get into it. But like um, I can just like enjoy this guitar. And mm -hmm. then when I feel like it's time to change, it's really lax and slow. And I can enjoy that just as much, like really savoring the new nuances and changes in my life that affect my music world. Uh -huh. And th from there, I can slow it down, really exploit it by, you know, creating a lot of different stuff from it and really sucking the juice out of it until it's time to move on. Uh-huh. Cool. So I don't look down on anyone for what they do. I just know what works best for me. And I appreciate uh, and respect those on the extreme on the opposite side. Uh-huh. So kind of kind of building off the theory um, side of things, what what would you say your compositional process is? Would you say it's really intuitive? Um, I've started playing guitar to sound like uh, a singer, you know. Ah, uh, okay. And so it's basically the full accompaniment, building on a rhythmic thing that's just the right amount of flashy where I like it, you know, mm -hmm. where I'm like, yeah, this is this is going to be pretty sick. And then I start adding some melodies and, you know, that's, what's really cool about having James and everyone else around is that, you know, uh, definitely the guitar. I I'm very, I like to think I'm very advanced on it mm -hmm. and, uh, their simplistic approach to some other things, uh, because this prog stuff is definitely new. 
um, they help balance me out because I don't want to be too prog sometimes, you know? So mm-hmm. it's not like they're like, oh, they don't get prog at all. It's just like, no, they're a good, uh, like, testing point of like, yeah, you're being too much, man. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep it simple, you know? And so I can have, like, that's what's really cool is that kind of tricking people into playing something that sounds easy, but it's really not. And that's kind of my new niche a mm-hmm. little bit of trying to do. And that's what the help with them. They're like, you know, helping it come down to be more cohesive. And also with by them doing that, it helps them uh, add stuff to it easier. You know, because of course, prog is very hard. So the more hard and weird it is out there, it's going to make everyone else's harder. So I kind of also have to listen to them. And I like it anyway to go da- a little more simplified. Mm-hmm. That's a just a good thing for me to be aware about and has benefited me a lot since. Yeah. How do you feel about the idea of music seeming hard and when it's appropriate and when it isn't? It's, it's something I think about in terms of the quote, the casting the spell. Because mm-hmm. if, if you listen to uh, like a John Coltrane solo where he's like reaching and he can barely play it and he's struggling, <laughs> that's like amazing because you're like, is he going to get through it? And then he does and you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. And part of yeah. the, the spell that's cast is that he's, he's struggling. Whether he is or he isn't, that's mm-hmm. the spell that's being cast. And so the audience is on their seat waiting to see if it's going to happen versus like the, the craziest shredding sweet picker who's like asleep. Well, he's going, there's no tension in that. It's so smooth, which it's supposed to be smooth. But that's that's like people are blown away because the technique is crazy. But they're not they're not like, oh, is this going to work? Yeah, that's that's kind of where I think you touched on a great point. Um, But like people are blown away by the technique, not by what they're trying to uh, say with the music. And granted, it might just be for technical show, and that's in its own place. And that's, yep. We all have done it. You know, I'm starting to stray away from that too. You know, I'm not trying because Metallica had something cool. I'm a diehard first two albums, Megadeth and Metallica fan, mm-hmm. and I hated the Black album, but I have new respect <laughs> yeah. for it because they're saying that, like, you know, we're never going to be the fastest again or the right. most angriest. Let's just make something that we like to do. And you can actually. Start, I started picking up on it. It's like very laid back, but mm-hmm. it's still them. And I listened to the album again. I really appreciate it. That's like, that's what I've been trying to do a lot uh, mm-hmm. is um, hate me, love me, but do you feel me? And so uh, I'm trying to do that and be kind of like the, the Jesus Christ of Tim Hansen from Philadelphia, <laughs> you know, where Tim Hansen is godlike. And, you know, me and my dad talked about it. He's like, you know, he try like be like Tim Hansen, clean up a bit. And it's like, I really don't want to put that effort to being that good because I see it as very tedious and not mm-hmm. fun. Right. I respect what he did that, but I've, I have my own niche uh, and I really love it. And I feel like it can go hand to hand. I can go toe to toe with most prog musicians in my mm-hmm. own right. Um, but I respect what they do. And the Jesus Christ aspect is be more human. Um, and as in like, take account of the mistakes of it. I like having, you know, the mistakes, the nuances of it, but also not use that as a crutch to not keep going. You know, you got to keep on going. Also realize that some mistakes are really cool and just keep it there, mm-hmm. but never stop. 
progressing. So, yeah. yeah I feel like it's like the, the improvisation. Like, you improvise, you can make something really cool. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of music is just made by mistake, honestly. I know for <laughs> you make older sounds. I, mean, I was made by mistake. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like, like a lot of the hip hop producers just, just they're you know they're like oh I make that by mistake there's drums I make I just was messing around I make it sound like that <laughs> yeah improvisation is the best it's when you feel like you're playing it's it's that play state versus um, performing like when performance is play I feel like that's when that's when it really it makes it easier to connect yeah. and I I. It's interesting because in Spanish and some other languages, playing music is a different word than uh, playing a game. But in English, it's the same word. And I think that that's actually right. I think that playing music is playing like a kid. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that is true. Yeah, that's when you usually tap in the most is when you're really unprepared, you know, and you're kind of that childlike state of being, you know, naive but curious. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. where you want to get out of that state. And sadly, you know, we've reached that limit where you're like, oh, shit, we're not kids anymore. But that music helps kind of get back <laughs> into that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it, that is an interesting point, And that's something I'm definitely uh, going to be thinking about. <laughs> I like that. So, so Phoenix, I, I noticed that you, you, you post on Facebook in ways that are fearless. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fuck it, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. I, um, I'm, I'm impressed, and actually, I think it matches your music. I think that there, uh, there's an honesty to music that is um, tapping into how you're actually feeling, and even you discussing music as being related to sex. Uh, there's a, there's an honesty and a bravery at facing what you're feeling. And yeah, I think it seems it. like you're doing that on social media too, which is very impressive to me. There's there's a lot of things that are pissing me off, and you know I used to get mad at people who says you're you're talking too much, but no solution. And I kind of mm-hmm. switch and understand now that I feel like these topics have not had topics talked about in order to get to that solution. You know right. I think there's still so that's someone for me who doesn't know anything except that you know. Uh, I'm very religious, mm-hmm. but not the religious that's like, I hate gays and black people. I've debated preachers on this, but I've decided there's a few things I will defend. Friends, like there are family to me, actual mm-hmm. family, God, and my music. You know, like when people try to spread disinformation about God, um, you know, I talk to them and, you know, I tell them, like, hey, don't argue like I'm a normal Christian. I've totally debated against Christians that were totally heinous and it totally against goes against the religion, you know, but people, when you disagree, they automatically think you're something. And in this day and age, it's something worse. Like I've been stripped of my race. I've been stripped of all my stuff because I don't agree. And it's, it's really dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've experienced more racism from white leftists um yeah i bet you know because i know that they're trying and i've always appreciated them like that's why all all my criticisms like democrats are at least doing something republicans are just sitting down Uh i don't like any of them i'm nothing 
I'm just everyone's biggest critic because I'm not going to praise them. They're not in a position of power because uh, we're all corrupted humans. Uh-huh. We're capable of good and evil, which I, I really love that quote that you said, you know. Oh, the, the Solzhenitsyn one L- runs yeah. down the human heart. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really love that one, you know. And so that's uh, I guess that's what makes me a little different is that, you know, when people like Billie Eilish, which I totally despise now. Uh, I love her music uh, is more targeting her personality is right. that, you know, arguably Black Lives Matter. I totally agree with it. Uh, and I'm glad that she's spreading awareness. But when she made those comments about Asian people, it just came across like she didn't care. She only did a 24 hour apology and also just had the Black Lives Matter tag still up there, like to be always visible. Uh-huh. Uh, but for Asian people, it doesn't matter. And some people might see that as like so you're anti-black lives matter is no i i right. appreciate what they do uh-huh. but don't act like you're for equality when when it's asians turn to get like right. fucked up right. you're not there you know and black lives matter asks for other allies and that's fine and that's mm-hmm. cool and it's it's there's so much shit like <laughs> i i'm not trying to really get into that i just appreciate everyone's respected group uh, but just don't lie to me and say that mm-hmm. you're for equality. Uh, I'm even fine if you said you're just for one cause. That's right. cool. Mm-hmm. Just don't lie. And that's my whole thing. Like Billie Eilish coming across when she's attacking someone like that. She knows best. I try not to have that. I'm just I'm just questioning. I right. know I'm just as capable as evil and good as you. Mm-hmm. But let's let's just ha- talk and be honest. Yeah. So. Uh, that's yeah. It's like my music. It's just be honest. Like fuck the blowback. <laughs> so <laughs> James say, you know, um, yeah. And it's really funny. Like I had this girl, uh, like, strip me of my race because I said I believe. Again, this is like being the most, uh, the smartest kid in special ed class. Like I think Trump did more for minorities than mm-hmm. Joe Biden, uh-huh. and that's by a small fucking margin. And I'm not gonna go out there with my Trump hat. I don't have one. And like, yeah, Trump did it. It's like, no, I fucking hate both of them. Yeah, but yep. like, if we're going to get to numbers, we'll talk numbers. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky course, little thing there. Yeah, of course. She like stripped me of my race and shit. And next thing you know, unadds me. Two months later, adds me back. And oh, it's like, boy. you want to show. You want to show. I was like, hasn't apologized or anything for it. But we haven't done that show for other reasons. But <laughs> uh, it's just really interesting kind of idea like i've actually had more white people tell me white leftists and that's uh-huh. very niche because they say that white people are evil yeah but they are doing what they say other white people do to me right they're obsessed with their own power yeah very much so <laughs> <laughs> they they define themselves as being the powerful ones and then they must be the ones to do everything because they've defined themselves as powerful very much so and that's fine i guess and yeah, i don't always have to interact with it and they're not going to be like i'll say this i am more scared of uh a right white right wing uh-huh. extremist than a left-leaning but uh-huh. the left-leaning are more prominent like the right-leaning guy he's like yeah we're going to take over the t- capital capital i got bazookas and shit's like dude what the <laughs> fuck you know he's just a mini military yeah the, right. the left this guy is gonna be like i'm just gonna call you a c-word because you don't agree with policy you know i'm like uh, yeah, that's that's whatever, but don't act like you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you know Bridget Fetisi, um, but heard uh, of that name, but I don't. she uh, 
she, she's like a writer in the, the heterodox space, so not really a, a political side, but she always describes herself as politically homeless. Yeah. Would you say that, that that's something you connect with at all? Yeah, and I think James will relate to this too because we're both mixed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's also why we have this idea of pulling from different places because we had to, and we could never really fully belong in one spot. You know, I was too Asian for the white kids. I was too mm-hmm. white and Hispanic for the Asian kids, you know? And that that's fine, but that also resonates uh, with uh, politics, you know, right. because, you know, I pulled some of the conservative ideas I like, the liberal ideas, the socialists, the uh, capitalist ideas, mm-hmm. and made it into my own unique thing. And I know it's very niche. That's why I don't force it on people. Right. I will talk to people about it. Um, you, but then that's why I don't understand the idea of you have to be, if you're going to be right leaning, you have to be anti abortion, da 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 da. I'm like, no, I'm anti everyone <laughs> right now. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to be put in the box, you know? And so uh, I'll let James speak on his experiences like that if he wants to. I mean, I'm honestly like, I'm right there with Phoenix. I'm just going to say, though, like, I try to avoid most news. You know, I just like... Good for you. It's just kind of... I've, I've, I got my own shit, you know? I got emotion. Like, like, the world kind of sucks right now. But, yeah, you know, got the homies, got Phoenix, you know... <laughs> But yeah, like I, I don't really take a side, you know. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, it's just I'm, I'm confused. I, I'll, like, I'll say like I'm confused, you know, like politically homeless and confused. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. It really shouldn't be our responsibility to uh, be confused. Like we should have been, if CNN and Fox, this goes for both of them. Mm-hmm. If they were truly honest, we wouldn't feel such a necessity to to look at other things and that in itself is so much work you know yeah. and i think people are like it's your responsibility to vote but like you're also negating the responsibility to be informed and on top of it now you got to watch three or four or five news dude one story you had to read for like five hours yeah you know no it's and true it, it, it's yeah. an it's an impossible idea this i would say this is the primary problem with mm-hmm. the the democratic system is it it, it requires you to be informed to an impossible degree because yeah if you're really the things that affect you the most is like city council elections and local elections and things like that um and that requires all of its own research which is actually in some ways the hardest to do because it's not as publicized mm-hmm. and then all the way up to like a presidential election or something where everything you're getting from CNN and Fox is so curated, it's impossible yeah. to have any idea what's going on, what will happen. Like, what's going to happen if you vote for this person? You have no idea. You can listen to what they say, and they're probably bullshitting you. Exactly, man. And that's one of the downfalls of capitalism. You know, I think all of the levies of protection for it are, you know, infiltrated. So capitalism right now is really just a playground for those on top. Uh, because if you were... If you were trying to corrupt the system, uh-huh. you would try to go for president, but right. you get you got to governor, so you got all your mayor friends corrupted, right. and then from there, no one can touch you from the bottom. You have like a state or two that you can do. You're free reign, right. and then they keep building up. You know that's why I don't think this is the time for socialism because if you want to like democratic socialism, which is like try and incorporate capitalism, capitalism is driven by money, good or bad. Right. So you're going to incorporate socialism, which gives five people 
all the power and people before them got swayed by what money right and, and you got stalin mao all those oh people. my god yep. like people who say that they're a proud communist to me and i'm like my grandfather died in vietnam like oh, fight wow. off communists mm -hmm. you know um i get that they're trying to do good but like if we this is not the time for socialism it's not the time for anything it's just really we have like one of my favorite quotes is that we've been so interested in changing the world it's time for us to stop and just interpret it just mm. see where we're at you know and so that's where i'm at i'm like i'm not supporting anyone i think just, we just need a breather you know? <laughs> yeah. i love it man yeah that's reassess awesome. real quick so <laughs> cool well do you want to play something i, I think that was a that was a that was a good that was a good point it was a good moment do you want to yeah, try playing after all that? Let's do it. All right, let me, uh, you're in C-sharp, you said? Who would like to start it off? I can, I can lay something down and then you can play over it all if right, you want. Cool.
That was tight, man. I love the banjo harmonics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was crazy. I, I, so I never know what it's gonna sound like until after until I edit it because the delay is all different. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it. It's always insane, but it's cool. It, it's a good amount of chaos, man. We're like, <laughs> if we fuck up like last night, we're like, fuck it, it'll be funny. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it, it's, it's be great. All good. Good fun. Th there's no fucking up. It's free improv. It's it's anything goes, man. Exactly. It's just jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Cool. Well, uh, so, so what, what's coming up next for, uh, for you guys? Um, so we're going to do stuff with uh, our buddy Jinx Unknown, a really cool rapper. I recommend you guys should check out. Uh, he's wanting us to do some, uh, the band backing him up. You know, we'll get more details on that later on. Uh, nonetheless, he's a really cool guy. You should check out. Uh, also, Anatomy of Sound, uh, our pick company, um, one of the best picks I ever played if not the best. Wow. Uh, we are doing stuff like merchandise with him and getting ready to go to Nam for Gibson Anatomy of Sound and uh, some of our other sponsors and Sweet. stuff. Uh, so that's really exciting. Uh, planning on at least an EP before December, uh -huh. maybe two. Uh, Whoa, that's so, a lot. Yeah, and then from there, we're just going to release music whenever we feel like it. And got a lot of cool things under the wraps that we're really excited to show. Uh, it's just still in pr processing phase and mm -hmm. going from there, you know, making the best of these times of COVID mm -hmm. uh, and not letting that be an excuse for us to fail yet the thing that makes us succeed, so. Cool, yeah. well, well, thanks thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, James Nanez and uh, Phoenix Knight. Their group is Audio Sex Drive, check them out. They're awesome. I'm excited about the music coming out. Two EPs sounds amazing. <laughs> I appreciate, man. I really appreciate your time on this. It's been a really fun time for uh, for me. Thank you, thank you for my first podcast, Anthony. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, the cherry, man. <laughs> it, it was so much fun. All right, all right. Their their links are all below. Check them out. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Anthony. All right. Thanks for listening or watching. That was Phoenix Knight and James Nanez of the Austin band Audio Sex Drive. Remember to check them out on September 28th at Spider House in Austin. And remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channel. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please visit my Patreon page. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>